Thank you guys so much. Really appreciate it. We're going to actually kind of continue the evening here. And there, I didn't realize until I was just talking to Topher the connection between jazz and improv in terms of the in the moment and the improvisatory, if that's even a word, I don't know if it is, improvisatory nature of this. Uh, so anyway, I'd like to welcome without any further ado, Topher Owen and Ann Lizette Cavney. And one more time here, my goodness, this is embarrassing. Kellen Hodges. Kellen Hodges, sorry. <laughs> Thanks, Jeff. So to start out, I thought what we might do, uh, Topher, if you'd like to share just a little bit about your background and your uh, uh, inspiration for actually starting the space. Uh, sure. I have problems sitting, it seems. This is, <laughs> this is an interesting is configuration here. Um, so what was the question? <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Let's see. Let me read the transcript. No, just, actually, uh, just hearing a little bit just about your, your background in imp- improv and how you kind of came into this and what brought you back to Oklahoma City. And- sure. Um, I was supposed to be an actor at a very early age, and I ended up getting my BFA in theater performance from the University of Oklahoma, at, at which time they were talking to us about, you're an actor, so you have to go out and get a job at some point. Um, here are some chain theaters in the United States that you could actually work at. One of them is the Second City. Um, the Second City was, and still is, a magnificent force in American comedy, producing people like Alan Alda, Chris Farley, Catherine O'Hara, Tina Fey, Rachel Dratch, Amy Poehler, Stephen Carell, Stephen Colbert, yada, yada, yada. Um, So that was always a goal of mine, and I was fortunate enough to work with the Second City for 10 years of my life, where I trained and I taught and performed uh, as a job. And um, then I ended up coming back to Oklahoma by... Because of why we all do, right, Dave? Yeah, he said cruise ships, too. You did cruise ships. That's I, funny. <laughs> I did, yeah. I did do cruise ships for about a year. Yeah. Um, but, but came back because uh, my, for family reasons. Um, and then I ended up discovering on the day that I came back that my high school sweetheart was in Oklahoma. And we were supposed to get married when we were 18. And for life reasons, we got separated, unbeknownst to both of us, we, we were supposed to just call each other the next weekend, and we didn't. Who knows why? Uh, but 17 years later, I find out that she's in Oklahoma, I'm in Oklahoma, so about a year after that, we ended up getting married and, uh, and have been married now for 10 years. We just celebrated our 10-year anniversary. Um, so that's what has kept me in Oklahoma, and I never intended to sideline my... Um, artistic pursuits. So since I'm here and family's here, let's get it started here. So I wanted to bring a Second City style entertainment to Oklahoma because that's what I loved and that's what I am used to and I'm good at it. Yeah. <laughs> so so that's what I wanted to start with the space and it, it all started from my experiences back there in, in Detroit and Chicago and uh, here I am. So you 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 plant you grow you sprout where you're rooted planted whatever yeah. that is. <laughs> so that's that's what brings us here and that's how the space got started. Yeah, and that I didn't know if you, also if you all want to share a little bit a, bit, a little uh, bit about how you all came sure. into improv and. Uh, coincidentally, we also went to UCO um, for theater majors and minors. Minors, writing. I was a theater performance major, um, but yeah, 
we studied improv uh, when we were growing up. Whose Line Is It Anyway was really popular, and one of my long-term goals was the Second City. So when I decided, when, after I graduated and decided not to move to Chicago due to familial reasons, I wanted to uh, grow the improvis improvisational scene here. And we got to working with Topher, who is an absolute gem, a diamond in the rough. You've got a 10-year Second City veteran. Look him up on the website. He's there. Uh, I was already working with him when he saw a book in the back of my car. And he's like, I'm in that book. And I was like, oh, my God. Wow. <laughs> I, you're blowing my mind because my mom got me that book like 10 years ago because it's a Second City book. So, um, so really for him to bring the Second City model here and let us work with him and participate is just a dream. Uh, I don't know about Kellen, but... Uh, very enjoyable for me. Uh, yeah, same same thing. Um, I I started at UCO, got a creative writing degree, and was a theater minor. Um, and in my last year, took uh, two classes of improv. And um, <clears throat> I also I did a was in a sketch comedy troupe uh, in college as well, and we did a little improv. So um, started studying it seriously in that last year, and uh, then. Uh, same old story. I was planning to move to Chicago and study it, uh, you know, Second City or one of the other improv houses there. And uh, um, for you know familiar reasons and stuff, decided you know I'll stay here. And uh, there's places to perform here, so I stayed. And uh, you know we were both doing improv um, and stuff in the city. And uh, you know we ended up working with Topher on this. Um, it's been a while since I've done sketch comedy. Yeah, so. we haven't done scripted shows in about 10 years, so mm -hmm. we've been doing improv mainly, so for him to bring the Second City model, which is improv to sketch, taking your improvisational art and turning it into the sketches that you might see on, on TV or the, on stage, Oh, okay. that is part of the Second City model that is really cool because um, he used to do a show called Friday Night Live in college, and I did a TV sketch show, so we've been sketching years. We've been doing improv, but so this is um, really exciting to combine our love of both and get back into it as well as make everyone's dreams come true, it sounds like. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and do, do all of you all participate in, in the writing of the, of the sketches? Is that, yeah. is that part of the... Yeah, all of the improvisers are technically writers. Hmm. So everybody that you see perform in a space show helped to write the space show. Oh, uh, okay. Even, even if you're, you're looking, you're, you're seeing a sketch... And Anne Lizette isn't in that sketch. She had a voice in helping to mold that sketch. So mm. as an ensemble, as a group, uh, even if we're just watching, everybody still has a voice in how it finally turns out. Yeah, and then as far as uh, just looking at, uh, you know, what you guys have been doing here recently and also kind of what's coming up in the, in the, uh, in the near future, mm -hmm. uh, it would be interesting just to hear a little bit about I know that there's some developments at the Tower Theater. Yeah. You guys have some stuff coming up. And yeah. it would just be kind of interesting to maybe share with everyone, you know, what, what you guys have been doing, you know, over the past several months and, and, and kind of where things are going. Well, we did, we did our first sketch show happened um, a couple months ago, and it was really successful. And uh, there was quite a call for us to do a new sketch show so we've been rehearsing and writing a new sketch show that'll go up at the Axe Space um, on the 14th, 15th, 21st, and 22nd of December. It'll be a holiday-themed show. It's called Oklahoma. Hmm. And uh, then on top of that, we've got this exciting new thing going on at the Tower Theater 
that we're calling the Space Lab, where we're going to get some special guests to come in and open up the show, lots of energy and good different local talent from all walks of life. And after that, we're going to come up, the main stage cast will come up and uh, improvise based on our audience suggestions, uh, improvise some scenes and sketches that you might end up seeing at some point in a future show. So that's sort of what, that's what we do. We kind of have a conversation with our audience and tailor make the comedy for who's here. So you guys right now, you're our audience, you're part of our show. Wow, and they thought they just came here to actually listen to you guys talk. Yeah, yeah. It's a, we couldn't do what we do without our audience because they right. give us the inspiration, the suggestions, and they are part of the voice and the conversation. For sure. And that kind of leads me to my next question. You know, one of the things that uh, before I interviewed, interviewed you the first time, Topher, when we did a podcast interview, I found it very interesting in terms of the educational component of this and providing people who you know, aren't seasoned veterans of this with opportunities to learn. And it'd be interesting to hear just a little bit about maybe the benefits of that, you know, over and above, learn, you know, getting more comfortable with doing this. Sure. Someone who hasn't done that before. And it seems like there's so much to it in terms of self-development and building confidence. And Absolutely. Well, improvisation, as we know it today, got started by a licensed clinical social worker by the name of Viola Spolin. And she was working with children, helping them become more self-aware, more self-confident, um, helping them to navigate their worlds a lot better and with more success. And her son, Paul Sills, ended up saying, those games that you're playing with those kids, they're hilarious. I'm going to take them to my adult friends, and we're going to start an improv theater. And mom said, no, no, this is an, a teaching tool for kids. And Paul said, no, no, this is hysterical. <laughs> Two great tastes that taste great together. 1959 happens, and Second City is born from Paul Sills deciding that this is what needs to happen. Um, and so... The tools that we use to make comedy are the same tools that anybody gets to use in a business meeting or when you're making a presentation or when you're just talking to people. If you have social anxiety, improvisational skills help you navigate those social situations that you might otherwise feel really uncomfortable doing. It's, it's all about listening, as you were talking with, the, with BD, BD, no. Or BRD. BR, uh -huh. BRD, that's what it is, BRD. Sorry, guys. <laughs> BRD. Um, the, the listening is super important because without that really active listening and listening to what the audience is saying to us, then we're not going to hear what you guys have to offer. We're not going to hear what your suggestions really are, what your intentions are. And so what we end up showing you is going to be false. Whereas if we actually are paying attention to what you're saying and what you really want to see, then we get to make you laugh because you recognize some, th some form of truth in what we're doing. You, for us, the only reason why you're going to laugh is because you recognize and identify with what we're saying or because you're surprised by what you're saying. And if you're surprised by it, it's time to change on to something else because we can only surprise you so often. Right. <laughs> and just to, just to give you an example, uh, we have classes coming up in January, but the previous set of classes that Topher taught we had a level one conservatory class so that you had to pass an audition and that was for uh, serious improvisers looking to up their study. Oh, okay. And then he also taught a class called Improv for Life, which is also using improv, but it's using it for social anxiety and life skills. It's 
if you think of improv as an art form, which of course it is, you could use this art for entertainment, you could also use this art for therapy, you could also use this art for life. So not only did he teach the level one conservatory improvisers like us, we're also teaching people who aren't ready to get up on stage, they're not ready to have a performance at the end of class, they just want to get better at thinking on their feet at work or talking to their friends or feeling more confident in their life. And then he also taught sketch writing. So there's a, an array of ways you can apply improv and uh, really Topher's a master at taking, uh, taking the art form and applying it in the best way to make you successful. In, in any improv situation, you're set up for success. Yeah. Um, and, and I, don't, I don't want you to hear that improvisation is an excuse for therapy. If you need therapy, then <laughs> you need therapy. Yeah. That's right. It's not an excuse. Yeah. It's therapeutic <laughs> and yes. cathartic. Yeah. But not therapy. Yes. Very interesting. If you need a doctor, we're not it. So you guys can't... Do not, do not try and work your problems out on the improv stage. If that's happened before, he's got to say something yeah. about it. Because I was hoping you guys were going to stay after. I had a few things I needed no, to really talk about. Oh, I guess not. Yeah. Okay. No, so guess, not. I've got a number for you to call. But <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, improv, I'd say it's therapeutic in the same way that like a, a, you know, a, a jazz jam or, session. Or just, yeah. Without an audience. Yeah. Just hanging out with each other. Like with, with us, with our, our rehearsals, it's just you know, making each other laugh. And, and seeing those reactions in each other and what sticks. And then that, uh, when we see that reaction, we see something's really resonating uh, with each other, that's when we go off and, and script it. Yeah. <laughs> Write it or we re-improvise it um, again and again until it, it fits what we need. So it is really, a, it's a, it's a, it sounds like it's a process. It's something yeah. that kind of becomes, and I, I assume it becomes a part of you to a certain degree when you're in those characters. And Oh, sure, yeah. yeah. And, and it's, it becomes very difficult not to see sketches in everyday life as well. Mm -hmm. I mean, just as you're walking and talking to your friends or you're doing whatever it is you're doing, uh, you see something happen and you go, that's a sketch, that's an idea, that's a place, that's a character. Everything sort of Interesting. gets tinted in that <laughs> comedy life. Do you ever have situations where you literally, something's kind of unfolding and, and people aren't doing this on purpose, but you almost kind of wonder if... <laughs> They are actually doing that? I mean, does it, does it almost seem like yeah. it's... Sometimes it's happening in the moment. I'd say for us more often it happens afterwards. Like there's a sketch that he wrote um, that once I read it, I was like, that's when we went to TJ Maxx to return that shirt and they wouldn't take it, right? <laughs> He's like, that's exactly, and that's the sketch. All he had to do was write down. But we, we didn't know that when we were angry at TJ Maxx at the time. Ah. We, we didn't know it in the moment when they were offering us 92 cents for the shirt. Because I'm almost sitting here thinking to myself, I could just see how, you know, after after having this perspective that you could see the absolute silliness Everything. of, especially when you see people that are really serious, right? I mean, they're oh, really yeah. inside. I mean, they're really believing that this is a certain situation and yeah. they're, they're, you know, completely identifying with who they think they are. Exactly. And yeah. so it does, I assume it does allow you to, the more you practice this, to kind of mm -hmm kind of see the silliness of some of the of the seriousness of life oh, and if, that, if that makes sense at all yeah yeah and in fact i think that's part of the therapeutic aspect of this at least it is for me i i so i wrote this song called the greatest day on the the greatest day of all time and it happened because i was in between shows and i was rushing to get food in my belly and uh and i go to wendy's this is Wendy's in Detroit now, so nobody listening in Oklahoma should get offended. Um, I don't know. You can get offended if you want to. Yeah. Um, it's not my life. 
I, I go to Wendy's and, uh, and I order a value meal or whatever it is, and they gave me the burger and the drink and no fries. And I had already driven off oh, uh, without the fries. It happens to all of us. If you go to a fast food restaurant, who hasn't driven off without your fries? I got pissed. <laughs> Because <laughs> I had timed out when I had to eat my burger, how much, I, how much time I had to eat my burger, how much fuel it was going to give me for the next show, where other people are counting on me to entertain them. So these fries were integral to my fuel. And Wendy's is screwing it up. Wouldn't it be great if just once everybody did their job that they're supposed to do. Fries are supposed to come with every value meal. It shouldn't be something that you just forget, right? And so wouldn't it be the, like the greatest day of all time if somebody just put fries in a bag? I'm writing a song about that. And, and so every night that we sang that song, I got to get rid of those feelings in this style of, greatest day of all time and, and it became therapy for me and I didn't have to be so bunched up by my anger over just a silly bunch of french fries so it's therapy for me it, yeah. oh yeah and as far as I mean do you, are, do, you, do you find even or can you see that there could be potential for this even with kids I mean you know maybe if they're not necessarily wanting to become you know serious in terms of doing, you know, improv or Absolutely. drama? Absolutely. That's where it started. Yeah. yeah. It started with kids. Yeah. And, and kids have a great capacity to improvise because up until a certain age, they aren't in touch with their inner editor, that little tiny portion of yourself that says, don't do that, it's stupid. Don't do that, people are going to laugh at you. Don't do that, your pants might fall down. They don't care. They'll just take their pants down. Right? <laughs> so it, it's, it's great for children to help them realize that they have so much power in being honest with themselves and being real with the world and not being afraid of uh, looking like a fool. Yeah. Mm. I've taught level one a lot in the past to adults, and uh, one of your main hurdles is to get over that voice in your head that's telling you you look stupid. Mm. So you have to address on the first day of class this is improv. We all look stupid, but we're having fun, and that's what, what makes us not all look stupid. We're looking silly, not stupid. And then additionally, if, if you're going to an improv show, watching improv performance, or being even being right here, you have to uh, acknowledge that we're all going to play pretend. And that's more difficult for adults to do because when we go to kids, we're like, all right, kids, we're going to play pretend. You're the banker, and you're trying to rob the bank. They just go with it. Oh, yeah. There's no problem. You tell, adults, you tell adults to be a greengrocer and a guy returning fruit, and they're like, well, what, what's my motivation? What's the fruit? What do I need to... No, just go, man. It's up to that. you. you pret- it's all play pretend. We, so we have to acknowledge yeah, that we have to, we pretend. Have, we use an, uh, a motto called yes and, which would be just a yes, agreeing to the moment, to the base reality, to what's happening, and, and adding to it building it with your partner. Um, so we have to kind of start literally pushing that motto in, in scenes with adults to get them to get back into that, that uh, state of play and not be that kid that <coughs> gets shot with the invisible laser gun and is like, no, you didn't get me. You didn't shoot me. I'm not hurt. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to break that.
that base reality so it's easier for the audience to go along the ride with you. That kid was always a jerk, yeah. right? <laughs> Sometimes you have to get shot with a laser. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm a really good laser shot, too. So if you ever played with me, you had to get shot with a laser. Come on. Yeah, oh, yeah. I'm in, in improv. I'm usually one of the first people to go oh, in an yeah. improv scene. Somebody's just him. shooting a laser gun. I'll get hit. Mm. So I can go down. It's fun. It's yeah. fun to have a, a death scene. Who doesn't want to be the guy? Go on without me! Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's juicy. Every improvised screen. You can monologue forever. <laughs> <laughs> it was interesting. We were talking before, you know, in fact, I think, the, I think we were, I think it was all of us. We were talking about just the, and I was kind of relaying my, not that this is about me, but I was relaying that, you know, the this extreme concern or fear of doing this and I think for some strange reason I always kind of had a kind of a fear of like the whole making pretend thing I don't know if it was that way as a kid but I was telling you guys how I just the thought of doing some kind of you know improv in the moment there's this 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 concern about that I'm going to look ridiculously stupid and I know it's reminds me of what the musicians were saying about trust what's Hmm. What's really integral to improv is your ensemble, and I'm sure that's true for music too, but all of us here are alternate musicians too, so you, you, who you're playing with, and that's how we describe it too, we play with each other. If we go and we do rehearsal, I'm playing with Topher and I'm playing with Kellen. Uh, but when we play with each other, it's truly a collaborative effort, and for that to be there, you have to have trust. So um, any good improv troupe, uh, or comedy group is going to hang out with each other, go eat together, and you know, joke around before, during, and after rehearsal. Or rehearsal. So that level of trust is what makes me confident that I'm not going to look stupid. Because if I look stupid, at least Topher and Kellen are looking stupid with me. Therefore, oh, yeah. I'm not looking stupid. You guys look stupid. <laughs> <laughs> That's the. <laughs> The absolute, wor- like the realistically, the absolute worst thing that if you do, you that could happen if you're an improviser, is that nobody finds you interesting. It's not really realistic that um, people are going to storm the stage and be totally offended and, and attack you. That's not a realistic fear. But finding you not interesting. That's realistic. And at this moment in my life, right now, in this moment, I have confidence enough in Jeff and Anne Lizette and Kellen and myself that you guys will at least find us interesting. I, I'm guaranteed of that because I trust in these guys' talent. It's beyond that, now my worst fear is taken care of. It's just one more step to make you laugh. Wow. Sometimes. I need to take a moment and just kind of take that in for a minute. And I'm clinging to that, too. I'm, I'm clinging to that to us. But yeah. Thank you. Absolutely. Wow. Wow. I kind, of, I, kind of, I kind of get the feeling that something's getting ready to happen here with the, with the audience. Well, I don't know it, it could. It could. Uh, we, what, what? Was there a hand? Yeah. Oh, I just... <laughs> be a life-changing experience for them, but also us 
Well, well, that so this leads me into. I, I sort of wanted to give you guys a glimpse into how the sausage gets made. Um, and Liz, if I can use you in this example, um, I, I'm kind of hoping that you can tell me a little bit more about what you're talking about. Generality. Is that possible? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you can say no. You can say no. Yeah. So, so Liz, how, how exactly would you like us to deal with politicians? Like when we talk about politicians, mm -hmm. what is it that's on your mind? Like it really gets your goat, this thing is happening, and I don't want it to happen. It gets my guess that there is not any sense of civility in their interactions among themselves. And that within their inability to do that, because of their ego, because they want to be reelected, because they're playing to a very small base, that we are all um, fallout from that. Mm -hmm. And so if you guys were to practice your, your gifts and your talents to them before, actually, I'm, I have huge hope for the incoming people, mm -hmm. but if you were to, to take the, like, oh, I don't know, Mitch McConnell. Um, I won't give you trumpet first, even, yeah. you know. Even though that's where your heart really kind of even, right. that's okay. even, even though that's like, God, did you not go to kindergarten? Um, I think that's where he's staying. No, I think he's staying in preschool, and it was like some oh. weird preschool. <laughs> yeah. But like, when you guys are saying that yes, but, or like, let's develop some kind of interaction and trust among each other. I was just like, oh my God, if you could do that with our politicians. Mm -hmm. So specifically, the politicians that have seniority in all, I don't know, should we make it Oklahoma? I'm sure it could be That's very okay. productive within Oklahoma. Sure. I'm, I'm, I'm talking nat national, but yes, Oklahoma. Definitely we, yeah. I mean, if you were to look at us, we're the meanest state on the planet if you just see how we vote, but we're the mm -hmm. kindest people. You know, so how does that dichotomy, that dichotomy exist? Mm -hmm. I, I see what you're saying. So, I, so what I'm hearing from my conversation with Liz is that there's a sense of uh, animosity that's happening yeah. publicly that is heartbreaking. And unacceptable. And, and I don't want that to become the norm that that is okay. I don't want that to become the real housewives of Congress that that behavior is acceptable just because it is in, 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 in the, the conversation. I want it to be recognized as unacceptable, and that's not who we are. Okay. Um, and so based on what I've heard here, uh, and including the real housewives aspect, <laughs> at this point I would call up my, my ensemble and say, all right, let's start a scene based on what we heard. So let's, let's go ahead and and say that we are real housewives, um, and it's... Of D.C. Yes. <laughs> yes, of D.C., real housewives of D.C. Uh, or OKC. That, uh, let's go ahead and make it D.C. so okay, none so of us can get offended. Oh, okay. Yeah. I don't care if you can get offended, I'm offended. serious. Whatever, everybody's gonna get offended at some point. Um, <laughs> so let's, let's be real housewives of D.C. where it is not okay to be uh, uh, angry and hostile towards each other. Even though that's who we really want to be inside. Okay. So I, I called you all over here for um, my, my tea party. Thank you very much. You're so drunk. You are wasted. I am. I am. Look, I'm sorry that I yelled at you, but I have so many harsh feelings about you as a person. 
I just, I, I want to say I don't like you, but I've called you over for this tea party, so everything is fine. Everything is We're good. We're being civil. Yeah. We're being nice. <laughs> we really are. I saw Brenda the other day at Trader Joe's, and um, she was buying poor quality coffee. Oh. <laughs> and I decided not to judge her, but instead, I bought the high quality coffee and put it in her mailbox. That's so nice. That's so nice. nice. That's so <laughs> Hi. You're welcome. Do not get Folgers again. <laughs> it's okay. It's all right. Sometimes everyone makes a faux pas. Uh, th the other day, I I went on without makeup. Uh, okay. I, went, I just went out the front door. What? I just went out the front door. You are crazy. I know. I felt completely naked uh -huh. and exposed. The and other day, the other day, I met with a private investigator. Barry. Barry? Yes. And I got I photos of you leaving the house without your makeup on. Uh, oh, gosh. I saw those. wasn't what I was looking for, but I got them. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's nice. Good. So that would be the basis of our first scene, right? And from there, thank you. <laughs> so, so from there, then, we talk about what did we like about those characters? What did we like about that situation? Did we like anything about that situation? Uh, I sort of enjoyed... The, the characters interacting with each other and being false, fakey, mm -hmm. fakey, fakey friends. Fake friends. Fake yeah. friends to each other. <laughs> kind of uh, like fake news. What's that? Like fake news. Fake yeah, fake news. like fake news. Yeah. Oh, okay. See, that gives me more. Now. Yeah. <laughs> so now let's go back to the, with that, with that <laughs> thought of Thank fake you news. For the note. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll go back to the top. Thank you for coming to my wine and cheese party. Uh, <laughs> I brought my own Prosecco. Um, my Prosecco isn't good enough for you? Well, I see we're talking truth tonight. Wow. No, your Prosecco is good. It's way better than mine. I mean, this, this is from the corner store. Oh. Oh. How basic. <laughs> Don't say basic. I would not say basic. That is basic. I would say, however, that my Prosecco is obviously <laughs> less than your Prosecco from the corner store. I got my Prosecco out of a box <gasps> in a bag <gasps> from a homeless man ah. <laughs> who was selling a curbside chronicle. Uh, did he have a permit? I do like curbside oh, chronicles. Did he have a permit? I mean, did you call on him? Of course not. Curbside Chronicle is a quality okay. publication. Okay. Everyone should buy one. I was confused. I thought they only sold wrapping paper. Oh, no. No, the curbside chronicle <laughs> is an ad. Cut to after the ad. Oh, that was all about the that curbside chronicle. That was fake chronicle. news. That was fake news. That's I'm, not real. I'm serious. The curbside chronicle is great. What are they writing no. about? They're writing about how to vote and what the issues are, and they're they're writing about uh, local artists who have actually bust for a living, and, and also how to find a good prosecco in the trash can. Yeah, right. in a box <laughs> Here's what I did, and it's quite good. Oh yes, yes, it is quite good, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Good, good, good. That's, so that's an improvement ah. on the other scene. And we're, and we're even taking suggestions as we go. So there's still that listening of. I, I heard Liz go, no, but we, we actually like Curbside Chronicles. Yeah, like, yes, yeah, we actually do like Curbside Chronicles. Awesome. The Curbside Chronicle obviously is an excellent publication. You should yeah. all go out and, and 
and use that service because it's awesome. It's great, yeah. So, so then as writers, we would go back and say, all right, what, what are the funny things that hit? What are the things that work? And what are the things that don't? And we start picking and choosing from what we pulled out. And as writers, get together and put on our writer brain and say, how do we make this funny? How do we mine the gold here? Because it's so not funny. So <laughs> for you guys to make it funny, it opens up another dimension. Well, and I think so. that's a, a common misconception is that we're making fun of things. We're not. We're showing you a slice of life. We are supporting things. We're just because something comes up in our improv doesn't mean it's the butt of a joke. Like Curbside Chron Chronicle came up, and then it became a commercial for Curbside Chronicle. Yeah. <laughs> because we do like Curbside Chronicle, Which is awesome. we're not yeah. here yeah. to buy yeah. it when Curbside they're on the corner. Yeah. Yeah. They did a huge service. I, I, I'm about they're to great. go into an ad now for Curbside Chronicle, but they did a huge service for okay. our, our state right. by giving us all of the options that we could vote on on the state questions, yeah. just presenting them to us. So idiots can go, me, can go out and go, thank you, Curbside Chronicle, what the heck am I voting on on state questions? And it's about to be, it really is about to be wrapping paper season, so you couldn't pick a better place to buy <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> if, any, if, if any small child ding-dongs at your doorbell, and they've got, you know, yeah. The, yeah. the really expensive wrapping paper that you can buy from them. Yeah. The, the humor that we create, again, is something that you need to identify with. And if we're just mean, that's not something that you're gonna identify with. That's something you're actively gonna push away. So that's not what we're doing. We're trying to relate to you and all the rest of the members of our audience on a way that you can go, I get it, I've been there, I've seen that. Yeah. Ah, Curbside Chronicle. Good stuff. That's good. <laughs> so that's, yeah. that's a little bit about the sausage. Yeah, appreciate that, good. appreciate that. I didn't know at this point if anybody has any questions or. But and this can you work with our politicians? <laughs> <laughs> we would, we would love to. Grant. Yes, um, I, I know that I spoke with Topher about this the other day that um, the second city has always had a history of having a political voice yeah. and, mm -hmm. and a voice for you know truth and progress, I think. So um, I think that's something we're going to try to have some of in our show is uh, a bit of our, our political voice or ideology and celebrate Oklahoma while also poking you know, poking fun, giving some jabs at, uh, at the things maybe we're doing wrong. Yeah. yeah, so what Topher briefly mentioned earlier, but basically we have two opportunities to see us coming up, well multiple, but we've got improv shows on Thursday nights at the tower in the studio, okay, and you'll see improvisation from, from our friends and our guests as well as space cast members possibly even some sketches that we're working out or improvs, improvisations that will be sketches. Hmm. Our big show that we're writing right now is the 14th, 15th, 20th, and 21st. That's in December. It's, uh, it's, it's the Spaces Holiday Show. We called it Oklahoma because part of our inspiration for that show is uh, to write what we like about holidays in Oklahoma. It's not going to be a show that is just trashing Oklahoma. It's going to be um, celebrated. We do poke fun at some things, but it's in a way that's like, well, we like these things, and this is what makes Oklahoma home, you know. So it's got many aspects of a holiday show. It's got uh, holiday-themed sketches, and then sketches that have nothing to do with holidays. Just, um, they're just funny. 
uh, like the t I can't wait to see his TJ Maxx returning sketch. I was there in, the, in real life, but I haven't seen the sketch yet. So. It's got a, a little bit of a holiday uh, aspect to it, but yeah. I, I honestly, I usually wait about three or four months. It was three months in. The holidays. <laughs> it was an back, April so. sketch. <laughs> and Liz, I do look very forward to working with our politicians. Yes. <laughs> well, and also just to plug uh, the the. The ability to to in a corporate environment to use your skills. Um, we actually used an improv person, improv person to teach our young advisors uh, <laughs> people skills, how to listen, yeah. how to do, and it was a huge hit. So, like all of your corporate sponsors out there, need to hire these people yes, for um, team building workshops to make them better at what they do, and certainly better people, but probably more specifically better listeners mm -hmm. as well, which will make you a better person. Yeah. It's true. <laughs> it's it, right. It will. It yeah. will. Um, yeah, so thank that. you. That was unsolicited that was. promotion. That but was we great. are available for holiday parties and workshops. <laughs> <laughs> it's all true. We're all self-employed, so employ us. <laughs> Well, guys, thank you so much. This has been really enlightening, and I feel like I've learned a lot more about, uh, you know, about the benefits of this and being able to be a more genuine human being. So I, I think I, maybe I need, to, I need to take one of those uh, improv for life classes. Yeah, you do. Yeah. It's, it's nothing but fun, I swear. It's two hours a week of laughing. Wow. I like it. I like it. Thank you guys so much. Thank it's you, been, It's really been a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you all again for coming out. Uh, really appreciate it. I thought if we might do, maybe ask uh, the folks from BRD if they maybe we want to play another tune. And as we kind of end the evening and...